Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of What Do You Know Good? What Do You Know Good is now available wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes will be released every Thursday. Follow us on Instagram at What Do You Know Good. And if you enjoy the podcast, please like, share, rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Once again, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. feel you hoping you don't get in a fight it's about that time dude. you got your <laughs> lunch packed up and your boots tied tied tight tied tight my apologies so don't trip <laughs> don't want to be tripping be tripping yeah that's a bad look dude yeah i um i gotta say like you're you're like going through this very stressful time of starting something new in a different place um new challenges and and i I have to say it's definitely going to be a a challenge with the way that the world is currently and everything but um and then like i'm stressed about completely different things (laughs) um yeah yeah i mean luckily to, to anyone that is listening i have found a bit of work finally doing some install and troubleshooting, some stuff that I used to do years ago. Um, it's called working the streets. <laughs> yeah, you know, shaking that ass. You, know. you call it installing all you want. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling cable and cord. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, gotta get that snake, put it all the way down through there, then you tie it on at the other end and pull it back through. Yeah, install can be sensual. <laughs> God. uh but yeah no um everything that's that i'm dealing with like you were like you were saying earlier just trying to you know considering moving again you know and i've been here stationary in nashville for about five months now yeah and Although, t- on the bright side, you didn't necessarily, like, unpack, unpack. Right, right. I it's mean, just... like, we knew that it would be fairly temporary when you moved up. Mm-hmm. Or at least it was the idea at the time. And then COVID hit, and we were like, well, maybe not so temporary. And then, like, you were like, found a place or you can... Yeah, I mean, everything kind of was dictated um, by the job and then getting into grad school. Like, even, like, completely complete honesty um i didn't know that i'd be going like you know i i thought about it i considered it but i didn't i wasn't a hundred percent committed to going to grad school like this fall right and it wasn't until moving up here and all that kind of stuff and just getting the email again just asking and inquiring you know are you coming you should send us your stuff 
um, that I was like, well, you know, I moved up here. I might as well. They're an hour outside of the city. So just, you know, give it a go. And so, it, you know, with all that sort of in place, you know, how we talked about it be a temporary thing, then, you know, having the full-time job that I had and then trying to keep that and still drive an hour outside of the city or basically two hours a day um, just to hold on to this full-time job, what that schedule would look like and all that kind of stuff. And then once COVID hit, and I realized that I don't even know when I'm going to be going back to work, right. but everyone's rallying to get back into school. So then it's like, well, I might as well just leave that job behind. But then again, it's also weird trying to find a job in the midst of a time when everybody's looking for a job or all oh, the jobs aren't 100% operational like right. they normally would be under normal conditions. Modified. Although at the moment, there's not really a reason to leave that job. I mean, because... Right now, you're basically getting paid leave, and then just to keep it while you find another, and then, I mean, who knows, maybe it would work out to where you could continue doing the job, or it's something you want to continue whenever it starts back up, you know? Well, I I know, the, <clears throat> excuse me, um, one thing that, I'm, that I have to, you know, ponder over countlessly is, are the benefits. Right. And with that, I'm kind of like, well... Let me schedule an eye appointment real fast so I can get some contacts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me <laughs> run to the doctor real fast and get some medicine or something. And the issue with that, of course, is not everything is open. You know, I, I'm, I haven't been keeping up with anything like that, but it's just a matter of um, what clinics or what shops and, you know, <clears throat> eye doctors or dentists right. and things like that are just open. So I know that the. Um, I mean, I could, I could recommend some places. I mean, I know that like the, the dentist that I go to out in Donaldson is open. Um, it's a, make sure you just make an appointment kind of situation. Right. And then the eye doctor that I've been to is one that's out like another, it's like, it's like 30 minutes from here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't remember the, I think the reason that I chose them was because of insurance reasons. But as far as like, anything outside that i mean I, i'm pretty sure they're open just because of how far outside the city they are because um, a lot of things on the outskirts of nashville are very um are are i mean not normal but they don't really have too many modified hours and things mm -hmm. like that unless it's a corporate place that's you know yeah. dictating it um uh, but so with again contemplating moving uh, getting out of Nashville to be closer to, to school up there in Clarksville. Um, and, so, and it's what, 30 minutes outside the city? No, it's like 50. Well, from here it's 50. Oh, yeah. I mean, I meant like once you get to the other side of town, like in order to for you to get like to downtown from there, it's what, 40 minutes maybe? Mm, maybe. I mean, it's a, like what I mean is like, yes, from here it's, it's, a, yeah, it's quite yeah. the distance, but yeah. I mean... In terms of like actually getting, getting to, to Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Now I see what you're saying. Um, which, I mean, it's still not as close as Maybe here. Like 45. Okay. 40, yeah. 45. It's still not too terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, and I know a lot of people that live about that distance, you know, outside the city and such. But it's just, you know, just trying to get, you know, stable again. And that's kind of where I'm at now. It's just trying to like make sure that everything kind of lines up in some strange astrological 
phenomena. <laughs> right. So. Well, I mean, at the very least, like the like worst case scenario, you fell out of school and have to move back home. <laughs> so I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, that's the absolute worst, though. That's yeah. Or uh, well, absolute worst would just be that you also get COVID and then you spread it to people that don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's a there's a there, it could actually get real bad. So you know. <laughs> appreciate that yeah no, i'm just trying to help you you know <laughs> if you know the risks you know it's not gonna cause too many problems maybe i don't know i don't know how that works does anybody does anybody know how that works uh risks and reactions no just never mind you mean the future does yeah. anyone know the future yeah that's what i was implying oh okay <laughs> i mean maybe yeah i mean I, I, the average person doesn't but um Donald Trump seems to I mean he knows that that election will be <laughs> like if he does it like if someone was at now he doesn't know if he, he'll just be like yes I do know the future it's the greatest future ever it's the greatest future of all futures uh and I am the reason that it's so good I've given my life to black people and the future <laughs> that is that is his that is his statement oh, man. Yeah, it's that kind of episode, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hope you're buckled up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope you're buckled up anyway. I mean, if you're moving in a car, don't just buckle up because of what we're about to say. Gird your loins. <laughs> <laughs> a better phrase. Every time I hear that, I think of um, oh, what was that movie with Anne Hathaway and? Devil Wears Prada, yeah. dude. That's Devil the Wears that's why I say it. Okay, that's okay. where I pull it from. <laughs> yeah, I I watched it. I want to say I watched it with like a girlfriend of the time, and I kept thinking to myself, "God, this is gonna be so stupid. I hate these kinds of movies." And I was like, "This is actually pretty funny. <laughs> I liked it a lot." The same thing with like, I like the first time I saw like or the only time I've seen Mean Girls. I literally didn't watch like half of it because it was in the midst of like when I first met them and we were chatting and, you know, and so like I didn't really see the movie. And then now people reference it all the time and I've still not really watched it. You need to watch. I know. I know. It's like, like, I just, it's just not something that pops into my mind. No, I mean, very much. No, like for sure. I totally understand that. No, no guys like, yeah, let's watch Mean Girls. (laughs) Like no guy says that. Turn, turn on, <laughs> turn on something with the rock. <laughs> <laughs> but for testosterone, like even with the way that it was introduced to me, I, I distinctly remember it. Um, it was at the theater, and I had no idea what it was about. <clears throat> and then sometime later, uh, when my brother came back in town to visit, he was talking about it, and I was like, "What is that? What are you talking about?" I was like, oh, it's this movie, Mean Girls. And I was like, haven't heard of it. And he's like, it's hilarious. And of course, I never did see it in theaters. Yeah, I but mean, I didn't. But when it came out and available, I think either uh, to rent or to purchase, I forget in which, in which way I saw it the first time, <clears throat> I watched it. And it was indeed absolutely hilarious. And now it's a musical. And so, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. And so, so once they turn a movie into a musical, 
You definitely have to see the movie. So let me ask you this. Do you know what year it came out? I want to say it was 06. 06, okay. Um, I, that, I mean, I did not see I know for a fact that I, I didn't see it, it until was... after I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see it until at the very earliest... 20 or I'm sorry uh 2007 okay. in the fall like after I graduated high school so yeah. like in that fall that would be the absolute earliest mm-hmm. I bet I probably watched it 2008 2009 something like that okay so it'd been like I it'd been out a few years <laughs> and even then it was something to where when I watched it with whatever girl I watched it with yeah they were like wait you haven't seen this and I was like no my bad it is a 2004 film oh so it was it was real <laughs> long after <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I just it it just looked like one of those kind of made for girls kind of movies. Not that I'm like, oh, I can't watch a girl. It just didn't seem that interesting to me. The Rock wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah, like if it doesn't have Statham or The Rock, then I, you know, I actually think it's funny. Like if I'm ever sitting around and I want to watch something, but I don't want to have to like spend the brain power to follow a plot, I'll turn on a Jason Statham movie. Because they're just entertaining enough with the action and all of the different... There is a, a storyline, but it's so simplistic that it's not it's not difficult to follow. Like, I don't have to really think about it, and I can just do whatever. And so that is, that, that's what I like to watch sometimes. Word. <laughs> but um, same thing with The Rock. Although, I gotta say, I've not watched all of The Rock's most recent films, like Rampage and San Andreas, maybe, I think was what it was. Oh, yeah, San Andreas. I never watched either of those. And I think there was another one. It was like Skyscraper or something like that. It was another just like, oh, you yeah. took my family, or there's this big building that I got to jump yeah. hang out of. I got to pick up a helicopter there, and throw so, it at a monkey. So of, you know. that's a Rampage. Yeah, I know. I'm just... Okay. Skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but I'm pretty sure there was one called Skyscraper. And then maybe... I want to say, I think there might have been one, yeah. Or something like that. But it was just one of these like big... Like a bunch of CG, crazy amount of action, not no real like plot kind of movies. Which I mean, don't get me wrong, they have their place in the world. And I and I like I said before, I like them a lot when I when it comes to just like late night, just want to sit and watch a movie mindlessly. Mindlessly. Mm-hmm. But um like recently, for example, I watched through the entire Fast and Furious series uh, series. And boy, you talk about some movies that got a, a bunch of action, a little bit of mindlessness going on. <laughs> I I enjoy them I, a lot. I love the movies. I love the series. Like, I it's interesting to me because what they did was they did all these movies that kind of didn't really have anything to do with each other the first few, and then they took those and they was like, we can build something off these, and then they started doing that. But they just developed these characters yeah. over nine movies instead of a normal like two or three, you know? And I just always thought that was pretty funny. They just took a lot of time to develop certain characters. But, I mean, of course, that was because um, the original reason that they didn't continue with it right after is because um, Vin Diesel used to be against doing sequels. Like, he had done the movie Pitch Black a long time ago and then never would come back for anything. He did Triple X, didn't come back for anything. Did Fast and Furious, wouldn't come back for it. Then he decided, he was like, you know what? I can make a lot of money and do really well if I just start doing sequels. So he came back and he yeah. did Chronicles of Riddick. He did the second, the Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. And then the, um, 
uh, and then just all of Fast and Furious stuff. And then he even did another one just called Riddick uh, in the third movie of the at that series. But see, that one was actually just one that he himself put his money into. Like, that wasn't a big... Like, he, he put his money up front to make the movie. And if it had crashed and burned, he'd been in some serious... Some serious shit, and he, but he ended up doing decent. So, um, considered successful in the sense of him being able to make his money back and everything. Um, of course, then all the other movies that series they continued without him doing other things like uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, Tokyo, and then Tokyo Drift, and then mm-hmm. and then in the um, Triple X they had the Ice Cube one. But anyway, um, back to what we were talking about. Before. So first, first thing I want to mention, mm-hmm. I just. I've got to get this out of the way since it's fresh, since it's fresh out there. So, um, our president uh, sat down with Jonathan Swan of Axios, and that's the British guy. The interview you showed me earlier. Yes. Yes. And um, this interview was done sometime last week, Mm -hmm. and um, but it aired uh, yesterday, last night, Monday. Okay. Wait. And, okay, 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 I'm sorry, continue. No, you're fine. And so what I've pulled up right here off my phone uh, is from the National Interest, and it's claiming it's claiming the nine wildest answers uh, in the interview that he had with Mr. Swan. And so just kind of <laughs> kind of going through it. Um, President Trump was asked about, um, you know, John Lewis and John Lewis's legacy and all that kind of stuff. And so number nine uh, basically summarizes that John Lewis will be remembered for skipping uh, Trump's inauguration. In that interview, which anyone can go back and see, it's probably on YouTube and stuff like that now. But when he, you know, asked about how people will remember John Lewis or how John Lewis will be remembered, you know, the only things that Trump could say were like, I don't think I ever actually met him, but he did happen to know that, you know, Representative Lewis didn't attend Trump's inauguration, and he also didn't attend any of his State of the Unions. And then he went on to say that he's done so much for African Americans, and that he feels like it was a bad move on John Lewis's part to not attend uh, his inauguration, to not attend his State of the Unions. Which is kind of like not the answer to the question <laughs> at all, but it's whatever. Um, he referenced how many, how much testing the the states were doing, and all that kind of stuff uh, amidst the coronavirus, um, and just all sorts of things. I haven't seen the full uh, interview. I'm gonna actually go back and watch that myself. How long is it? Do you know? It's about thirty minutes or so. Okay, that's not too bad. I was going to say, if it's one of those where it's like a couple hours, I'm just like, eh, pass. I'll get the cliff notes. <laughs> um, it's it's all kind of cra- Like, I'm not even going to go through this because some of this is stuff that I haven't read yet, so I don't want to give out too much uh, too much wrong information. Right, so like out to, of context or yeah, something. Yeah, right. Um, but it's crazy. And he was talking about uh, one thing that he was doing with the numbers and comparing and contrasting like how how well the states were doing with testing and handling the pandemic. Um, from my understanding, they had 
you know, a metric, a way that they were doing a calculation and a measurement <clears throat> uh, for how well we're doing here in the States. And basically they were taking this metric of how many people have died and comparing it with how many people have been tested or how many, how many tests they're doing. And it was um, explained or I guess like a hypothetical explanation in the sense that, you know, people can get tested so the number of tests right. goes it's, up. It's a lot it's, freer. It's to, frequent. Like yeah. it happens and you can get those turned in. But then when you think about how many people are dying from it actually, well, how long does it take to set in? And then how long are people either hospitalized or put out? And then how then they die, right? Right. <clears throat> so the metric of how many people are getting tests and how many tests are being done. So that's be it a positive and a negative. Right. So that's 50-50 versus how many people actually die from it. And that was the measurement and the metric that they were using that he had a piece of paper on. And then Mr. Swan was like, okay, I see how you're doing this. You're basing it off of deaths to cases, but I'm just strictly talking about death to the entire population. Mm -hmm. And Trump's response is, oh, you can't do it that way. <laughs> Why? I mean that's that's the true question, right? Like, oh, he didn't an like that question I mean, wasn't answered. Well, no, yeah. In the interview, Swan was like, "Why can't I?" Like it's it's you know it's the same. It's all the information that's there, but to get either a lower number, or a lower percentage, or a better, um, what's the word? Like not necessarily a better result, but a better number. Wait, wait. So. But to get the better number, you'd actually want to compare it to the total population, not the pop, not the amount of people that that tested positive. Because because it'd be a lower percentage because of the people that have not gotten tested, right? So, uh, so wait, so uh, but was was Trump comparing it to the number of people that had tested and tested positive, or no, was he, he was comparing, comparing it? it to number of cases, te like yeah, tested? How many? How much testing? How many cases? Okay, I mean. I kind of I kind of understand that I guess because mm -hmm. the, the thing is if you compare it to the population that's actually a lower percentage mm -hmm. of deaths as far as compared to the population than compared to the people that have tested positive for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and but I mean I guess if you're comparing like how many people tested positive, mm -hmm. be like I remember when the when the number of cases started going up. Yeah, he was like, well, that's because we're testing more. Right, and he and. And at the time, the way he phrased it, it made it seem as though if you just stop, like the way he said it, the he way, was yeah, like, the just stop. The way he phrased it, if you stop testing, no one will know how many cases. Yeah. Are, like. <laughs> and and I, I will say that I think, and I'm not going to defend him specifically, but I, I'd like to think mm -hmm. that what he meant was, yes, of course they're going to go up if you test more. Don't make, don't compare that to like, like, because I remember when the testing started happening a lot more, a lot of people were just doing it. Like, they didn't necessarily yeah. feel bad. There yeah. were t I mean, um, the majority of people, turns out, have had it mm -hmm. that have tested. Yeah. And, or no, or maybe not have had it, because a lot of people don't do the but antibody just, test. But, like, if they, they've tested positive, but they don't actually, f like, feel bad from it. Like, mm -hmm. the you know, the, um, like, asymptomatic or whatever. Um, But I do, like, I've, but regardless... 
one thing that has been evident mm-hmm. yeah. is that this administration, whether it be Trump directly or or, or people that is just within it, mm-hmm. um, have tried to manipulate, not manipulate the numbers, the numbers are the numbers, but right. they've tried to uh, frame it yes. in a certain way to make it seem as though they've been saviors. And that's, I mean, I guess that's basically what I was, where I was coming right. from and with that information. It's kind of like you are using a specific metric but that metric is giving you a specific, you know, answer. Right, yeah. Just because you're using that metric doesn't mean that that is the metric in which everyone has to base that off of. It's giving you a positive response, a positive outcome that's good to tell and share with people. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that as a whole, everything you're doing is positive. That's just one little look, right. one little blip of it. You have to look at the whole thing from all the different angles. <clears throat> And I, and I assume that that's what Mr. Schwann was trying to point out with the president. It's just kind of like, that's all well and good that this is a positive thing that you have, but you've got to look at everything else. Like, consider using it this versus this way as opposed to that way. Right. And his response is, you can't do that. And it's like, <laughs> you can. Yeah. <laughs> if you can compare using... numbers any way you want. I mean, it's just a matter of yeah. what what is more relevant, I guess. And so, but... You know, as as was played earlier, going back to school and how I sort of talked about it, you know, there are some places uh, where schools are kind of getting back in session now. And some people are ready, some people are not. Some schools are completely open. Some schools are still contemplating distance learning uh, as they get closer uh, to the middle of the month and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's kind of crazy. Yeah, like I've got a couple of friends that are teachers here in the city. Mm-hmm. And here in Nashville... It's, um, I believe, for the first, they're doing one month trial period of distance still, and then they plan on opening up and going back in person. Okay. Depending on numbers and the way certain things happen. Like, I mean, currently, if we keep going the same as right now, because we, what, we've got all of these people that are in, in town. Mm hmm that want to just like they go downtown and they're like okay i'm downtown i don't have to wear the mask now <laughs> you know it's like the virus doesn't follow us down here oh my god and then you yeah. have tourists that come in and are like well the reason i'm going to nashville is because i don't want to wear a mask and i want to go downtown because nobody's wearing them downtown but then like but there's a mandate like we're so everyone in the entire city is supposed to be wearing one at all times when you're out of your house like that's basically. what's that's what's crazy to me you know, now that I am a, not necessarily a citizen of Nashville, but, you know, I'm a resident, basically. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, I, one of the funniest memes that I see on Facebook as I scroll through sometimes is like, you know, I'm just sitting here and I'm seeing all these people dining out and doing this and doing this. Have I hallucinated? <laughs> like a <laughs> pandemic? Like are people still... And, you know, like you said, like there's this mandate that we have uh, here. And, I mean downtown specifically with the bars you've got bar owners who are still shut down that want to open uh we had you know reversed or reverted back to a phase two thing a couple of weeks ago we're still not in phase we're still not back in phase three and everyone who visits and even some other residents in town like go down there to the bars to hang out and you know, there are some restaurant bars that are trying to keep social distancing and um, 
not necessarily mandate the masks inside, but just encourage their you know patrons to keep their distance, wear their masks, and all that kind of stuff, and yeah. wash hands, and you know stay so many feet apart and whatever. And then you had that thing that happened at Fashion House not too long ago. Yeah, you know party. that happened this past weekend. Saturday, I guess was it Saturday? I think so. <clears throat> the thing that happened at Fashion House, you know, hundreds of people. To my knowledge, it, it had to be at least a hundred. So that's yeah, that's it was a couple hundred, I think. Um, all in this like two or three, maybe even four story like house or whatever. All these people from I think they were what L.A. or something. Yeah, the owners, uh, the ones that threw the party, are from L.A. Okay, and like I don't, and it's just like what, <laughs> like yeah, we get it. It's the middle of a pandemic, and you're probably tired and being of being cooped up. But, like, if you don't have to go party, don't go party. Like, if you're going to go party, it should be with, like, your family and you're playing Monopoly or Scrabble or something. Right. <laughs> like, I not mean, strangers, not sharing hookahs or whatever. It's Yeah, like, me me and a couple of people did go downtown at one point to Amanda's work, that place on uh, Printer's Alley. And, and I, I definitely felt uncomfortable being there. I won't go back downtown with all this going on like i went i went out and i was like i want to see for myself like people within the bar some were wearing masks but most weren't um and then there were people that were just going from table to table to table to table and yeah. and going up to the bar and i mean they were literally doing everything you're not supposed to be doing uh with all this and and there was even uh you know problems with this one guy and all that kind of stuff and i it's just i went to kind of see well okay maybe we can you know, if everybody's following the rules and all that kind of stuff, then going out isn't so big of a deal. But the problem is that no one is. Yeah, and the, I guess that's the other thing. People, you know, their the mindset when they're going out to the bar, specifically downtown, it's almost as if you know things are you know it's back to business, mm -hmm. and that's hurting the city and preventing us from moving forward. And there was even a rally of some sort for like these bar owners and service industry people. And I'm not sure if they were, you know, just sort of reiterating, hey, like, let's focus on the social distancing requirements and things like that. Or if they were just sort of like rallying and protests of the mandates of them sort of being closed and like have capacity and things like that. <clears throat> and it's... I find it very hard to believe. I understand completely. I was just in the service industry just a few months ago, and I get that, you know, not having people at work, especially now at a time when the supposed uh, unemployment is going to run out, you know, getting people back to work, and I, I understand that completely. But I'm also going to say that I feel the administration skirted that responsibility onto the smaller governments of the states without putting a full-on national plan in place. And because of that, it makes the pressure of being, you know, the state governor and a city mayor when ultimately you want to protect everything within the state. You want to protect the citizens, but it makes you seem like the one person who's solely responsible when it's like, look, had there been this national mandate then i can't go against you know the head honcho but now it's just kind of like oh well you know i've decided <laughs> and people feel like they're being slighted in that in that sense and i just i hate that whole aspect of the situation yeah yeah i mean it's 
I think a lot of what's going on now is more of a like I know there was like a bit of a division at first about not wearing it and all that kind of stuff. And then I think a lot of it became like a pride thing and a well, I can't renege on what I've said before. I'll look like mm-hmm. an idiot. So it was like, well, I'm just going to keep I'm going to double down on not wearing a mask. It's like like you know, things like that. Yeah, and I just I think that's so dumb. And then what I hate more than anything is wanting wanting that want me personally wanting to feel that sense of like I told you so. Right. And I I hate that feeling. I really do because you know, we all we all understand for some of us that this is a pandemic. People are dying. Okay. I don't understand how some people look at that and like just shrug their shoulders and assume that well the people who died are weak or that all these numbers are fake and things like that and then what i want more than anything is just like oh, i need something i need you guys to get it through your heads like just meet us halfway and do like this these simple things and they don't continuously whoever these people are and then next thing you hear is like oh so and so has contracted the coronavirus or tested positive for the coronavirus and you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, that sucks because they could die. But I'm also kind of like, serves you right. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't want anyone to get hurt, but it's, it's almost like if you're going to be the cause of, of so many, like this thing just being drawn out, you don't necessarily deserve to die by any means. But no. you you, de- you deserve to be taught some kind of hard lesson karma. about karma. That's all I want. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Like if you're not gonna just listen, then you 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 need to learn a lesson, and um, you know if it's the hard way, not not death. Like I said, I don't want people to die, or really be any kind of like permanently injured from anything. That's not what yeah. I want. But it's like, you know, maybe be slapped with a heavy fine that makes you like wake up. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, technically that's what's supposed to be going on. If you're not wearing a mask, you're supposed to be like fined. But I, you know, it hasn't really happened at all. So. Um. Yeah, and it's it's just a bunch of stuff, man. Like I don't I don't understand why we why we're still where we're at. And I was you know looking at another video today online about uh, showing some of the things and some of the interviews here stateside to some foreign individuals in places like Germany uh, and South Korea, um, somewhere in India, and then somewhere uh, in New Zealand. Just some of those places. And just seeing these people's reactions to the interviews given by Trump and to uh, numbers and figures uh, from graphs and stuff that that have been on some of the news channels. And they're even dumbfounded. One of them even cried. She was just like, that's just way too many people to have died, like, unnecessarily. And when you look at their plans and the way that they had to, the way that their governments established testing and getting rid of this pandemic over there as quickly as possible... It's just astounding that, you know, like they say, like, this is America, like, how it... <laughs> right. Like, I mean, some of them, obviously, you know, we're a bigger country than some of them and or, and things like that, or, yeah, you know, we've got so, like, you know, we've like got that. so much going on for us over here that we brag about it, but this one thing that their people can do, our people can't do? Right. Crazy. And they're just like, how sad. Yeah, like, this. this is America. This is where we are completely free to make dumb decisions. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even say that. Like it's it when you look at it though. Mm-hmm. When they're like, yeah, 
when it hit, our government said this, boom, done, everybody. Like, they put it in place. Consequences, reactions, retail, like, this is what's going to have to happen in the next couple of days. Done. And everyone's like, I'm sure everyone was kind of like, oh, how crazy. Oh, what a major inconvenience. But they were like, I would rather be inconvenienced than, like you said, slept with a fine or something. But yeah, that's not what happened here. What happened here was it was a hoax. It was a hoax <laughs> for two months. Yeah. <laughs> I, a hoax completely took my job away and every bit of stability that I had. And then it's all like, then fast forward to it's patriotic to wear a mask now all of a sudden. And even now that for those people who strongly support President Trump, I'm sure they're still kind of like, oh, well, he just did that for whatever. He doesn't really believe it. And then it's like, well, then what's the point? He just told you it was patriotic to wear a mask. So he's lying to you and he doesn't really mean it. So does that make it any less patriotic or did he just do that for what? Like, I mean, there's so many things to contemplate. And it's like you say he's lying now. What makes you think he wasn't lying before? <laughs> like, you know, you know, it's like if he's lying and he's lying because and the only reason he's lying is or or the only thing that he's lying about is whatever is convenient for you, yeah. then that seems a bit hmm. but so and then I know we've talked about a little bit of this just to see what's happening. Um so not too long ago on last week tonight I caught an episode with, with John Oliver there talking about impending evictions oh yeah i've seen a lot on that and the one thing that sort of struck me the other day just thinking you know and i i asked our roommate amanda i was like hey what are like some valid things that you need when you go to your polling place and go vote and she's like well you know you have to have your driver's license a valid id and all that kind of stuff and proof of residence, I believe. And proof of residence. So, what happens between now and November, hypothetically, and by hypothetically I mean like it's probably going to happen, with all of these people who wind up getting evicted without having any money to pay back what they owe and no money to get a new address come November elections? Right. Um, I actually don't know about that. I don't know how that works. Now, I do know that someone on one of those podcasts I listen to daily, they mention the same thing about how it is a form of voter suppression, whether it be true or not true or whatever. Um, that's why a lot of people in this particular situation like, are screaming that there's yeah. going to be voter fraud and all this kind of stuff. Like, I can understand like having an invalid or expired license. Like, you know, yeah. when you go say between now and November someone is evicted and when they go to their polling place their normal polling place they have that address there on the paper that they sign and it's still the address on their license but their license isn't expired or anything like that however they don't live in that location anymore now whether or not they have a new place or whether they're still homeless or whatever they just don't live on that on that license on that address that's on their license so i'm curious if it's kind of like will they still be allowed to vote because it matches at least they're at the polling place and they're on the license and it's still a valid license or is it a call to question it was like oh do you still live at but you don't and you know like i don't that. know that i mean as long, if you were 
I don't know. Because it depends on where you registered and all that kind of stuff. Right. Because I know that I've gone to vote back home mm-hmm. when my license did not say your old my home parents' address. address. Yeah. And I, it, I mean, of course, I don't know. I mean, it could just be the fact that it was a small town and the people know me. So it wasn't like... I walk in and they're like, well, you don't have proof that you are who you are or blah, blah, blah. Because, I mean, I, that's not really, I guess it's not really a good example. you got to answer some test questions to prove it. But see, the, and the funny thing about that is my parents are the ones that work the polls. So, like, they're like, sir, sir, Ooh. calm down. And I'm like, mom, sir, sir, we'll have you escorted out. Like, mom. Um, but, like, and I, I don't know. And I, I wasn't sure if you knew or not. And I wasn't trying to hope. Hoping to God that you had the answer to it. But I wish I did. It's like one of those things in the back of my mind. It's kind of like, what if that is a very dire situation in places like New York, in places like Texas, in places like California, when, you know, high ass <laughs> rent mm-hmm. and in other major cities. But these people and these families literally trying to decide foregoing buying food. Uh, to get through the week or paying rent to have a roof over their heads or at least resolving to not pay rent and having that bill stack and stack and stack and stack. And then other people have the audacity to be like, open up so I can go get a haircut. (laughs) And it's like, I need a trim. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Those are those things like those inconveniences as people have said, but I mean, there. I don't know. I've seen video lines, people going to food banks, food banks running out of food. Oh, I, I didn't know about that. Because people are, you know, some people are too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if it's there and the resources are there and the help is there, by all means, take advantage of it if you feel inclined. But instead of having the money to buy groceries, they would rather, you know, go get food from a food bank, which, I mean, that's fine. Totally, you can do that. But that's just their way of trying to preserve money to pay for the other more important things. And then you have these landlords who have just already, you know, a month or two after into this pandemic going on five months, you know, charging people for, you know, not paying their rent. Right. And it's just been stacking up. Yeah, that's a that's a real thing for sure. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I know that some places extended it. To where they can't be evicted. Yeah. But I don't know that that was a federal thing. I think it was a state mm-hmm. thing for. Maybe, yeah. And because I, I, but I haven't heard much more about it from any source. I haven't looked directly for it, but I haven't stumbled upon anything, any direct information. Um, and I know that, I mean, for myself, I was on unemployment and then it ended or it didn't end, but mm-hmm. the extra money did. Luckily, I did have some opportunities to start doing install. It's not super, you know, solid or whatever, but um, but I did get the uh, the two week gig, uh, where I start Friday. Okay, so you're gonna do that. Great. So I'll do that, and I'll be able to postpone or pa- kind of pause my uh, unemployment. Basically, I'll just have to reapply um, at that point. And when but when it comes back around, yeah, I, I know that when they come to a decision about the money the extra money that they are planning on redoing something with, mm-hmm. it is retroactive. Okay. Um, I just don't know. Like, I know that 
um, at the moment, the Democrats wanted to just keep going with the 600. Yeah. And the Republicans wanted to do 200. Mm -hmm. So if I had to guess, they'd probably meet in the middle at four. But the Democrats seem to be holding out. Okay. Um, but I don't really know. Now, with I that being said, I don't necessarily agree with either of them. I did. So I, I saw, I forget who posted it, <clears throat> but it was something on Facebook that was comparing and contrasting um, the two sides on that new issue. Um, and there were some things that the Democrats were hoping to include, of course, that the Republicans were totally not even considering. And that's the issue I that, and what I, I mean, the democrat the democratic held um house versus like the senate yeah okay and the yeah because the senate is republicans right now and the house is yeah. uh, democrats um and it's just kind of like look it's not everyone's gonna get what they want yes but if what you want sort of in any way doesn't sort of <laughs> fit into the narrative that is the current situation for the majority of Americans, mm -hmm. if it seems like that's too much, like you, I feel like some people are just so unaware of the life that we're, that we live as some individuals and the things that we do. I mean, yeah, true. The thought of living paycheck to paycheck sounds very stupid and reckless, but there are some people who are out there just, chasing a dream or they're out there just doing you know trying to be self-employed that have to rely on a you know check paycheck to paycheck kind of lifestyle for that flexibility there are you know kids right into college maybe <clears throat> working or not working now and things like that and it's crazy it, it's actually i saw a study the other day where it said the majority of kids like the majority of jobs that exist right now are mm -hmm. a lot of the minimum wage jobs yeah. such as restaurants and, and yeah. things yeah. like that. And the, uh, like, I, I don't remember what it was, but the percentage of like the age group of like 16 to 23 like or two, something like that. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. right in there mm -hmm. was actually very high. The employment rate. It's, it's kind of interesting to see that because that really shows you, Mm -hmm. like where people lie in jobs because a lot of adults almost can't like the idea of minimum wage when it was first created was that you can work a minimum wage job and afford to pay your bills and buy a moderate home. That yep. was the, I, I mean, that there's mm -hmm. more to it than that, but just as a most basic of ideas, that is an impossibility these days in most places. Like you just can't do that. I mean, like at Alabama alone, it's, I mean, still the basic. No, let me rephrase that. <clears throat> Across the U.S., the basic minimum that employees are supposed to pay you is $7.25. That is the basic minimum. That is the minimum minimum. <laughs> A lot of places like major met metropolitan areas, certain okay. states, certain counties have raised that, yeah. And so that's the thing. They can and a, and a handful of them do in some of like more rural southern places alabama specifically pay you 725 even in some food service industries the minimum wage and they suppose and account for your tips they pay you 213 an hour yeah and it's like that's not changed since the 80s right 
I I don't even know. I'm I'm pretty sure that that <laughs> has not changed, and and I could be, and I'd never looked yeah. it up. I just know that a couple of servers have told me that that's what it's been since the late '80s, and that has not changed. And it's it's baffling to me because when people hear that two thirteen an hour working, busting your ass for tips, and then customers come in and they don't tip or they tip poorly because of an incident that was either out of those servers' control or something that are, you know upset them or whatever, then their response is, well, you know, your boss should pay you more. Or like, oh, well, you don't like that, that I like stiffed you on that bill? Well, you should get a better job. And it's like, again, going back to the history of how something was set up and created, and truly, yeah, you know, you want you want to make minimum. Like, why can't servers be making seven twenty-five instead of two thirteen? Now, I'm not saying that that should be the case, but it's like, why is it so hard to go from two thirteen to like three or four? Or, you know, why is seven twenty-five the minimum minimum when you know make it eight, even out at eight? Just start, just yeah, <laughs> seventy-five cents. You know, a like lot, a lot. The problem, the one problem that I've seen, and I know that this is true, but it, it, I can't. I don't know how to remedy it. I don't know enough about economics to, to do this. But once you raise minimum wage, mm-hmm. inflation, everything else goes up because people like one problem. And, and of course, I've heard people say that it's all about greed. Now, my question before you continue, like, is that inevitable, this inflation you speak of? Or do you think that- in current society? Yes. Okay. Because, I mean, I, I get what inflation is. I know what it is, but I'm just curious. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I have a lot of money, so I'm going to spend a lot of stuff or, you know, all that kind of stuff. But Well, basically, what I've heard, and I, I understand this, and I do and don't agree in some sense. I'm like, it's not just like flat, oh, yeah, I totally agree. Like, a lot of people have said it's about, it's about greed. So, like, okay. the people that pay, like... McDonald's and Walmart and all these places that pay a lower amount. Of course, Walmart, I don't, and they no, may pay yeah. a little bit more than yeah. minimum wage. I don't know, but I've heard people say that it's because when they raise money, they're not gonna. The main people are not gonna lose money. Mm-hmm. By God, no, they're not gonna do that. So they raise the price on everything that's in the store. Yeah, yeah. And so, whether or not, like, the the idea of that makes sense of of doing that to raise profit to build businesses. Mm-hmm. But when you have corporations like this that are clearing however much money they're clearing every year, I don't I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked yeah. at numbers. It, it's like the idea of putting it back into your people is something that people talk about opposed to putting it back into like your pocket. But, <laughs> yeah. but then also like sure. I, 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 with a society that's built on capitalism, which there's good and bad aspects to that. Mm-hmm. Totally. It gives the opportunity not to anyone because not just anyone can create a business, right? Um, but everyone has the freedom and the possibility to be highly successful in a capitalist society. society. Yep. Whether it be higher probability or lower probability, depending on you know all the different aspects. But. With that being said, it's like, I also kind of get it in a sense of like, well, if you've worked this hard and it's all on you and you've been doing all this for so long and then you get to the point and then then they raise minimum wage so you have to pay more and then you're not necessarily losing money, yeah, but you're also like trying to maintain a business and, and make a big profit so people invest and all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. It, 
in that aspect, it's understandable that you're going to raise the cost of certain things. Yeah. But the problem is, is it, is it crossed over this threshold at some point of not balancing out like it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, like factory jobs used to be well, minimum wage. Mm-hmm. But back then, you were able to afford to do certain things. Like, I mean, yes, if you were making seven twenty five in this city, in Nashville, and tried to buy a home, impossible. Right, it's like a room. It's not a yeah, home. yeah. And then yeah, I mean no, like, it's a room. It's like it's like a, a, a rent to own room. Like you don't just that room. And I can't have access to anything. I just have my no, room. You better a, have an extra. It's a two door room. You have to crawl out of the window. <laughs> like it's that's it. Imagine bringing like a date back home. Like, <laughs> yeah, just duck, just crawl duck, on my don't shoulders. hit your head. Yeah, let me. It's on the second story. Um, but yeah, like so. I mean, it, it crossed this point in which the balance w- no longer existed. Yeah. And so, therefore, it, it's not it's not what it used to be. And people want to try to make it to, like, and that's one of the issues. That's one of the issues with poverty these days mm-hmm. is you get in, you get stuck in this loop of living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. And the second you have something bad happen Major. and you have to put it on something, yeah. credit yeah. Or, or something like that thus starts the debt like yeah and then you're just in this hole that you can't dig yourself out of because you can't you can't switch you can't take the chance on switching another job you can't necessarily go back to school because you have to still pay your bills Mm -hmm. and it's and it's it's an it's a it's a cycle that i am i have no idea how to break it i I don't know you know i mean it's not like you, you you can't necessarily expect them to provide at, like the problem is is that when you want to when you want to do something like provide free education or free mm-hmm. all of these things you still have all these people that you have to pay cuz like for yes, services the education yeah. free education is a great idea or at least like cuz when my dad was in school he talked about or he's he's told me about when he was in school he put himself through college working as a waiter yeah like you were he was he was able to work Make enough money to pay his rent, bills, and um, you know tuition, tuition, and Mm -hmm. all and books and everything. You can't do that now. You cannot do that now. Mm -hmm. That once again, that does not exist in today's society, unless you're going to a really, really cheap community college, (laughs) and you're make and you're killing it at. At, as a, like a waiter or a server of some kind, and even then, like you, you probably got to be struggling. Like, you got to be on maybe a payment plan with the tuition. Yeah, like it, yeah, you, you can't, can't just pay. pay. It. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course, that's what a lot of people did yeah. back then too. Yeah. They did have some kind of payment thing where you you pay like once a month or you know mm-hmm. kind of like rent or something. But um, I mean, once again, I don't have the answer, and and I'm not necessarily complaining that it's any one person's responsibility to figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. I'm not even blaming like. Yeah, I mean, the there's no one to directly blame, yeah. or, or anything. You know, this is not like a Trump hating thing at this point. It's it's just the way society's progressed to a point to now. It there's such a divide because that aspect of minimum wage providing mm-hmm. for a, a family or at least a you know somewhat uh, has widened the gap. Like it's it's it took what used to be middle class and dropped yeah. with if you're still working those same jobs that are minimum wage, it dropped that down into poverty. Yeah, and the people that are in middle class whether it be lower middle class all the way up to upper middle class are people that are having are considered to have jobs that are either one a trade 
which used to trades didn't pay. Mm, no. Like it used to be kind of swapped. Now trades are an amazingly good thing to go into. Yeah, you gotta you gotta bust your ass in most of them, but like, you know, so what? Learn to, you know, work, I guess. I don't I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to insult anybody, but you know, like learn to work. Well, I mean, I'm just saying there's a lot of people that don't want to no, do yeah. trades because there's just like stigma about it. And I think I've mentioned that before. I just I just hate the yeah. stigma. Like there like my friend Adam was telling me that that he knows of a guy that's doing this as a lineman or or, so, or works as an electrician for a company that yeah. also employs linemen, whether or not he's one or not. Yeah. But he was started out as a lineman and he's an electrician. He makes like 200K a year. Now, mind you, he lives in like California, mm-hmm. but still 200K is not a small amount anywhere. No. And that is, I mean, and he's just, and he, you know, he just works with his hands. He's, a, I mean, and you, people, people are like, I don't want to have to do that kind of work. You know, and I just hate that. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. What I do is not necessarily backbreaking. Yeah. But it's also not easy. You know, I mean, I'm not I'm not working like a lot of those guys are working. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm not I'm not I, I am doing a, a a bit of manual labor, you know. So I guess more so with with what I'm I, I went with, off on no, a no, whole no, tangent. No. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I guess with the topics, it's I guess a call to question or more of a a call to to realization of like what the struggle is or what the struggles are and and kind of just like what you know what people are doing or what people are expected to do or how people are to you know survive or get through this pandemic or you know god forbid you talk about a new world order right. you know like what what should USA and the rest of the world look like once we come through this pandemic, you know, regardless of what happens in November, whoever is going to be in that office, whoever is going to be in charge, House, Senator, what have you, like, are we going to come to a decision where instead of deciding on our own self-interest, by that I mean, you know, blue and red, do we consider truly what's best for the American people? And you know, with most of the, pro- you know, we've also touched on <clears throat> the protests happening and how they took off so quickly and how they grew to like this whole big mass of people. And it was because, well, the civil unrest and, you know, people are out of jobs and out of work. So, of course, they don't have anything better to do. And, you know, I following the certain protests that's going on back home, people making responses like, well, these people need to go out and get a job instead of wasting their time protesting. And it's funny because some people retort with, you know, you can work your job in the morning and go to a protest at night. Like, you know, (laughs) just like, like, people act like (laughs) because you're protesting, you don't have a job. But then it's also kind of like, could be an off day. Yeah. Like these people need to get, you know, instead of wasting their time, they need to go get to work and all that kind of stuff. Also, there's jobs such as like Uber and Postmates and Shipped and all of these things that you work on your own time. And like people, people think that traditional jobs are the only jobs that are out there. And they think that a small portion of the world or Mm -hmm. at least of this country is like gig workers or something that's not traditional hours, which... I don't know for sure. I haven't looked, seen any numbers, but I'd say that number is pretty big these days. And I just feel like, you know, they, they, they're getting it twisted and they're getting it confused. And again, like what is curious as to what is going to be like that new accepted 
way of life as we transition out of this you know shut down stalemate that we're in like what <clears throat> you know what will young people think as far as no let me rephrase this never mind what young people think what is the screw n- the young people not, not, not like i don't care you. y'all know that no I don't. but it's kind of like what is now the american dream man it that used, is a it tough question to be the home the fence the yard and the family and after something, after something like all the social unrests mm-hmm. that have happened, after all of the disparity, after all of everything that we've encountered, all the dirt that's been, you know, tilled up from this pandemic that is affecting everybody working and not working because it's not, it's not the same as it was last year. Like we can all say that regardless oh, yeah. of if you have a job or not, Definitely you're not. not doing your job like you did your job last year. What is the new dream? What are we chasing? Are we chasing our own self-interest as individual respected Americans, turning a blind eye to what other people may need or what may be good for the whole as opposed to just that one individual? Or are we focused on a unified front as to getting those things that will help us as a culture, as a people, and as a country progress and move forward? I'm going to say something that sounds pretty bad, but I don't, I'm not trying to insult anyone. I honestly believe that when the world has the first opportunity to go back to the way it was, it will. And because I say that because right now we all can say, because our eyes are not blurred by you know, we got to go do this for this person's thing. And then we're going over here and hanging out with this person. And then we got to go to work and then we got school, you know, whatever. Everyone right now would be like, of course I would do this for as long as I needed to do it. But then like, if something was to happen, like we can all go back to work. The children can go back to school. We can start having concerts again. Like people are going to be distracted with all of that again and lose sight. Okay. Um, now, with that being said, as far as what right now I'd say the American dream truly is to most people mm-hmm. is similar to what it used to be, but in a different way. Okay. In the sense of like building something for yourself or considering yourself to be successful and doing something you're proud of mm-hmm. and and maybe creating a family if that is what your choice is but but a big idea now is not necessarily the same family aspect now i'd say the american dream is literally whatever an individual wants it to be but that in itself is the american dream the american dream is the ability for you my and own individual me. dream yeah but but to try to get there on my terms on your terms, but in a way that like everyone, like especially right now, I'd say that the American dream is equality for every individual mm-hmm. and every individual treat every other individual with that equality and respect, along with the idea of each individual being able to create the future that they want mm-hmm. for themselves and for this country, which 
that's not necessarily that different in idea right. from what it used to be, but what each individual wants is not really what it used to be. Or, or what, like the 50s, what everybody wanted in the <laughs> 50s is different than what everybody wants now. For sure. But there's also a lot of people that don't want it to be different. Like I have, I have friends where when they got married, the wife and the husband, the husband wanted to be the quote unquote breadwinner. The wife wanted to stay home mm-hmm. and not necessarily sit around or anything, be a, be a homemaker, but also at the same time, maybe do uh, something that they can work from home, like in a position, she, you know, she do an Etsy. <laughs> well, that's not, <laughs> I, I think the person I'm, the, the, the particular couple I'm thinking of, she is a part-time accountant. Okay. So she does, uh, especially during tax season, she's very busy. So you can work from home. Uh, and then another friend of mine, they actually had, um, a, like hair studio thing with like two different, it was just her and her sister, I think that had like a building out behind their house yeah, or one of them's house. And then it was like a hair salon. Okay. And it was just everybody in the area and the, in the community, they'd come over there and get stuff done. And they did enough to where like it was a part-time gig. They had kids and they all took, you know, and a lot of people do daycare. Regular old still magnolias. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very old school idea in the sense of guy goes and makes money woman does some type of contribution that At she can home. do from home okay. while also um taking care of kids <laughs> and things like that i okay. mean but that's also what a lot of people want like they want that dynamic and that's fine if that's what they want as long as no one is being suppressed or oppressed in any way mm-hmm. then if that's what you want by all means that okay. is exactly what you deserve to be able to do if it is what you want so i I kind of want to. <laughs> do I want to go down? You kind of want to giggle a little. No, I, I was going to. So, you know, I the other day, I mentioned to you about like the A word, and how that is with conservatives and with Democrats. It is just like one of those hot button issues. Um, ass abortion. I know. <laughs> okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and my thing. And I know it's, I'm sure everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, how did yeah. we get on a push? <laughs> 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 but um, my my take on it was this. So I had this conversation again with uh, my trainer, Mike, the other day, or last week. And I kind of got really mad and heated in the conversation because... At him? No, just in the conversation. Like, I, I angered myself because I was bringing it up. Gotcha. And, okay. <clears throat> So, the mere fact that people use the use the phrases like someone is pro or anti um, abortion when it comes to their political leanings, I think is not necessarily an injustice, but it's just you know one of those things where you just put too much you know emphasis on like their party in the sense like you know not everybody and and i i do think good of people you know um but i don't think everybody wants to murder fetuses like if they could they wouldn't allow it to be happening so frequently like if it wasn't such a huge infringement on something right Right. and so you know i always think that because only one gender is capable of birthing said children, I think that it should be, it, you know, it's a right or a choice 
flat out whether or not to, you know, have sex to get pregnant, get pregnant, and then, like, decide to bring the baby to term or to not bring it to term. Right. And, again, if the input is there, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, however they make the decision together. But where I get mad is oftentimes you have certain situations. And what I mentioned to him was like, with these conservative-leaning people, if they feel that it is all pro-life, let's say hypotheticals, you have a mother who has now been forced to bring a child to term. And we know because everyone's talking about it, we know that she does not want this baby. But she has to have it. So, what she does with it. Okay, so what can be done with an unwanted baby? Someone takes it, someone adopts it, or whatever. So then, who then takes care of it if she obviously isn't going to take care of it? And then you run into situations where you have people who are totally eager to adopt but they primarily adopt from other countries which is fine they're doing their due diligence and they're helping get these third world countries maybe or other countries who have this overpopulation issue and get them over here stateside but why not these unwanted babies that some of these mothers are having that don't want them and talking with my trainer he said well because it's easier to do it from foreign countries as it is here in america so then, oh, and, I didn't know that. Well, that I didn't either, and that's what he said. And I've I've sort of witnessed that process with someone, uh, an individual family, uh, back home. But I don't know the in depth right. process of it. But I'm kind of like, oh well, if that's the case, then you know, the argument I think that conservative people, instead of being anti-abortion for right now, they should be semi-focused on helping those policies become easier for people. Yeah. Uh, just for the long, I mean, start with something that can be fixed. That's not so heavy, and you know, opposed with the opposition, of course. Um, and then maybe get that together. And I went a step further. I was like, how many of these conservatives, despite the adoption thing, think that it is an abomination for gay couples to adopt? And it's like, there it is. You have people who are looking to help solve an issue, help resolve a problem. But you put that, you know, hate towards them and tell them that they can't and tell them that they shouldn't. And it's like, well, you adopt some babies. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and I, it was just so confusing and I, I angered myself over the subject. I was just like, they talk about all this stuff and then all these other things kind of come up to help maybe curb a problem but because of this certain other little issues about it they it's off the table it's not even worth considering right and also i have to point out that if if a person that is you know quote unquote pro life mm-hmm. believes that from the time that at what point can you say it is a baby is it like because a lot of people say from the from the exact moment mm-hmm. that the sperm reaches the egg, right? Yeah, some people have gone there. Yeah. Okay. And it, it just seems odd to me that that's the time 
that because you know don't get me wrong i understand why people think that yes but your birthday is the day that you come out and which is the like (laughs) yes you weren't and but see this is the thing if you for instance if a baby was to be killed in the womb Mm -hmm. it's a miscarriage yes no one thinks anything about it. Nope. Whatever. Mm-mm. And it, I, I don't like when people pick and choose information. Right. To like fit their narrative. Right. So like if you're going to, you know, at that point, no one should have sex at all <laughs> unless it is specifically to make a baby. And because at that point... You're, I mean, like, people that get married and are like, okay, we want to wait a couple of years. Let's get birth control. Yep. Well, you're blocking all the possibilities of babies being born. You're murdering babies? <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm sorry. Well, you're murdering possibilities just like if it were to be a girl, girl getting mm-hmm. pregnant, have a miscarriage two weeks in. Yeah. Like, you know, or, or whatever that would be considered, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, if, if you're going to draw that line, don't draw it that's convenient for you mm-hmm. because at that point you're just being a hypocrite. And I, and I really just like that. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, there's so many people that, that want to, and I've seen a lot of it. I grew up around some of it yeah. in different ways. I think everyone has. I mean, not only that, but they shame these girls. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's the, like, <clears throat> Yeah, you know, hate the sin, not the sinner, or like whatever. But you know, is that kind of like hate the player, not the game, or hate, of, hate the game, not the player? Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, through these Christian people, like you see it. Yes, she had, you know, premarital sex, and oh, she messed up, and she has this baby. But y'all are gonna sit there and shame her for bringing the baby to term, and then some people are gonna shame her for, you know, being a single unwed mother and all this stuff. And it's like, you drive people to maybe want to miss, like, to get an abortion because they don't want that stigma on them. Yeah. And it's like that's your own damn fault. <laughs> like you can't, you can't make birth control impossible to get, and not allow abortions and and I mean like like you you're trying to force people to abide by the rules that you think are the best rules regardless yeah. of whether or not it's accurately um correct or whatever mm-hmm. you know like you're forcing people just like anyone else would be forcing you to do certain things that you don't want to do like you can't you can't just get everything you want and not have to work with people that think differently. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem that exists in our country and in the world, too, is just extremism in our con- country. Oh, yeah. Specifically, I mention this a lot. I, I hate the extremist thought of, mm-hmm. I have to get my way all the time and the world will be a better place. Yeah. Because the thing that makes the world balanced and a good place is that you're. it's not only one thought process. Like, if that were the case... Mm-hmm then we need to enslave black people again and, you know, uh, make sure women can't vote or have jobs. (laughs) Because if it was the thought process of we need to 
have one person making the rules, might as well go back to the way they used to be. Why not? It doesn't matter, you know? So it's like... White landowning men only. <laughs> yeah, like, like Mark, you need to get the hell out of my house. Like said. <laughs> Either that or, you know, start plowing or something. I don't know. And it's crazy because... What's more crazy is that when I look at... Going back to the protests that are happening back in Florence, mm-hmm. when I look at that, and people are like, "They should stop. That's not what they should be doing." Or those people, like, there is a bunch of stuff in those comments, man. And I, I, I cried and I laughed at some of those comments just because they seemed so, you know, wouldn't say rehearsed, but they Dun. seemed <laughs> they seemed just like you obviously watch one news station, or you obviously only listen to one person about anything and everything, and you obviously have this one narrow-minded point of view. But it's kind of like, I don't think you all understand. America wasn't America. It was a British colony until an uprising which led to a war. Women didn't get the right to vote until they protested. African Americans didn't get full equal rights until they protested. And it's like all of this stuff. And then people want to act like, they're you know being a nuisance and they're disturbing everybody and then because the project group associates just just has signs that say black lives matter people associate them with black lives matter the violent side of it that's happened in various other major cities and just assume that these people are going to go out and start destroying things in order to come about to bring about change and it's like you obviously haven't given it a second thought to go down there and ask and inquire. You've just been sitting at home watching your TV and here on the dark web posting your comments because they've been doing this for two months and it's been nothing but peaceful. Like you, you can go down there and see for yourself, but you like you stand grounded like now they're talking about Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter and they're going to, just as long as they don't destroy anything, yes, I'm all for peaceful protesting, da 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 It's like, these are people from your hometown. <laughs> yeah. And then they got all up in arms when they saw um, <clears throat> like, you know, our friend Josh, God love him, he went to Florence to protest one night and he was a student from the university at a point in time. So he's been in Florence. He's resided in Florence. Being an hour away in Huntsville, he was like, well, let me rally some of the troops that I have here in Huntsville that have been doing some of the protesting. And we'll carpool over to Huntsville. And in some Mind of- you, he did say he was trying to get people that had been in Florence because mm-hmm. then it's like he wanted people that understood what the city was about and how it had been in order to yeah. get like more of a, of a, a, I guess, a passion or, or mm-hmm. a care for the city. Because like yeah. if you've lived there, you know that the city is a very nice city. It's very mm-hmm. relaxed. It's, you know, or whatever, um, typically. But like, and if you've lived there at any point, like I lived there for seven years. I don't consider myself to be a, re- a resident there anymore, obviously. I don't either. <laughs> right. Even though you grew up there, it's right? It's not my hometown. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where it's like if you have lived there you do care a little more than somebody that's just going to randomly go yeah and but anyway continue um and things like that and so when like this whole hour footage was recorded and posted online people were looking and like i don't recognize any of them they're from out of town blah 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 blah. there was just some you know they were bust in and all that kind of stuff and it's like these are literally people 
who are your neighbors. Even one guy I know who was a student there uh, at one point in Florence, who now lives in Atlanta, drove the four hours to get back home, obviously maybe to hang out with his mom and stuff, but to go to this protest. And they did the protest that night, and then they hopped on the road and went back to Atlanta. You can't say that people can't do that and come in and support or show love and support for people who are trying to bring about change in their hometown where they were born and acting like people who are from out of town shouldn't be here to protest what's happening in town because, you know, like, (laughs) and it just seems so weird that they were just kind of like. Yeah, I mean, I was told, and this was not a protest situation, it was just this guy that was causing a bunch of problems for the one time that I did go downtown. Mm Mm-hmm. And he kept telling me and the 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 two that I was with, we should go home because we're not well, obviously not from here. We didn't grow up here, so we don't deserve to be able to be here in Nashville. And I was like, what? Like, that's not how the world works. I don't understand why people think that just because you were born one place that you have, have to, to stay, stay there. there. <laughs> I mean, not even stay there, but it's almost like for me having just moved, you know, five months ago, if someone were to tell me to go back where I came from, if I were at that protest, or because they hadn't seen me in a couple of months, that I was some stranger or something, like, for them just to believe that because I don't live... Now, granted, I mean, you know, it is my hometown. I I do feel like it is kind of their problem sometimes, but I'm like, I mean, I can rally behind it. I can show support and just like message somebody and be like, you know, this was where I grew up and how I feel about it now. But yeah, I mean, like if you, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I haven't lived in the town that I grew up in, in over a decade now, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that I don't care about the town. Yeah. I mean, it's changed and it also kind of hasn't, but like, you know, I, I I care about the town I grew up in. I don't want to see bad things happen to the people that live there or anything like that. Right. Um, even though a lot of people that do live there think very differently than I do. No, the more reason for someone to be like, if you don't live here, don't come here to protest. I'm like, I support people, humanity, rights, yeah. equality. <laughs> I think that a lot of people are are shrugging it off because they don't believe that equality, unequal, inequality exists exists Hmm. like it truly does either that or they just don't want to change and they like the inequality maybe i don't know which is also very telling right (laughs) like okay (laughs) i mean i guess that's i'm sure there are people like that i would assume some people are like well if it were just the people who lived here they'd probably have like low numbers and then that truly shows that they don't really care or like something like well just because they don't care doesn't mean it's not wrong or it's not right. Yeah. Like. I mean, uh, I I would assume that a lot of times in the past when there is just a few people that think it, or there are people that think it's wrong, they're also afraid to do anything because they do have maybe such low numbers mm-hmm. that they're afraid that the majority, whatever that majority may be, would harm them or, I mean. I mean, it's, very it's, much so. It's not like there hasn't been violence in, like, to people that have protested. Right. I mean, like yeah. in Selma, when they, you know, Bloody Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. When they came over that bridge and the state troopers were like, you got three minutes. And then like mm-hmm. a minute and a half in, they were like, never mind. <laughs> Cracking heads with bats and yeah. stuff. Who and wants to believe that that's right? If you think that that was okay and you side 
with those racist cops I mean, that were back then. Like back yeah. then, it was totally right to I mean right in the sense that it was accepted and tolerated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that were to happen in 2020, and people would be like, well, "That's what they get." <laughs> like what? I, it, I, there was somebody that uh, was. I part- mean, of course, if they were peaceful, like. There's a difference. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking, if, I mean, and it sort of resembles what's happening in, or what happened in Portland now that I think most of those troops are out. But, like, everyone wants to assume, and, like, to some degree, yes, if you step out of line, there you deserve some sort of reaction. But there are ways of doing that. It doesn't always have to be that extreme. And I feel like that's what people are missing. Yes. Crime does deserve a form of punishment, but to what degree of punishment should always be tempered, in my opinion? Yeah. I mean, like, <clears throat> I know that, of course, this is, this was more of a comedy thing that uh, I saw recently somewhere online in the many different rabbit holes that I, I go down. Um, anyway, this was a comedy thing. It was a comedy thing that I saw where it was a guy from the Black Lives Matter movement um, or at least a supporter of it, mm-hmm. uh, was talking about what it would be like if John Lewis and Martin Luther King Jr. and all of those people, like when they were doing all those things, yeah. if like cell phones had been around. <laughs> and he was like doing this thing and he was like, I have a dream. And then he like does like a selfie pose in front of like the crowd, <laughs> the crowd yeah. like in, in Washington and he yeah. does like a peace sign and stuff. And then he turns back around. That and then he continues with his speech, and then it was like it was like all these things about coming over the bridge and yeah. and like instead of being locked arms, they've all got their cell phones out as they walk towards the like you know. And we've talked about I've I've at least told you this several times, just like nowadays having, I mean, and first of all, that's exactly one of the things that they were doing there at this protest back home. They were telling their protesters and demonstrators have a buddy system. Never lose track of your buddy. And what needs to happen is one of you needs to be recording what's happening and one of you needs to be live streaming what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And so you've got your sign and you got your phone and you're just like making sure that like this is not going to go unrecorded. Like someone somewhere is going to see this. Someone somewhere is going to get a hold of this and it's yeah. going to be broadcasted somehow, some way, somewhere. Yeah, and that, that was another thing too is... Um the time that we spoke to Josh and he said that he was wearing a, um, his body cam. Yeah. That it was like own. a, it was like a GoPro or something, yeah, I think. Yeah. And he said that it, it deterred people from doing anything mm-hmm. when they saw it. And it's like, and he was trying to make sure that people stayed peaceful. So they didn't have a reason to like attack Precisely. and things like Precisely. that. Yeah. And so he said that it was, it, it helps when there's accountability. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that like, the, yeah, all the cops wear body cams, but, you know, they can just as easily say, well, I mean, you know, because it's, it's higher powers that, quote unquote, higher powers mm-hmm. that control those. So they can be like, well, it actually went out right before it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and it's, and it's just a coincidence that the guy that uh, supposedly murdered that judge's family that's mm-hmm. related to the Epstein situation yeah, he's g- committed suicide. He's yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, he just committed suicide and. All those loose threads, you know. Uh, so I want to bring up just real quick some four, four little bullet points of things happening 
We can either you have bullets. Ah. No, he's kidding. <clears throat> we can either talk about them or save them for another day. Okay. Um, but there was an explosion in Beirut today. I don't know if you saw about that. I saw a headline. I don't know much about it or anything about it. I just saw the headline. About seventy people are dead. And was about, it an attack or was it an accident? We don't know. Something okay. blew up. That's all we got. Okay. For at least that's all I've seen up to date. Now. Maybe we'll have some more information next week. Um, there's a tropical storm that hit land uh, on the east coast. I think it hit the Carolinas earlier today, um, or at least maybe last night, late. Um, but we'll see how that kind of storm plays it was, out. It was just a tropical storm, though. It wasn't <clears throat> like a hurricane or anything, yeah, right? right. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I did see something about that, too, and they were saying that people were bracing for it, but they weren't expecting a whole lot of mm-hmm. real damage like a hurricane would, yeah. obviously. But we'll see. Maybe something happened. Maybe something didn't happen. Again, another thing with this whole economics of the current situation, you know, not that it was destructive, as you said, but, you know, if we're coming up into hurricane season... Now what? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, say you have another situation like when you have to have evacuees from, you know, New Orleans come and yeah. spend uh, like all their time in this yeah. gym. You know, like I remember when I was in community college and they had evacuees come up and you just had like hundreds of people just in this gym. Yep. Two feet apart one another, from one another in cots, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, maybe you just have more facilities and spread people out a little bit more. But still, that's still that's not. But it's, it's yeah, something to same. consider yeah. something to when about. we talk about. <laughs> yeah, you know where do we go? Um, what do you think, Michelle Obama? Should she be Biden's VP? <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't either. But I'm just like, I mean, I think I think that <laughs> Biden she... Obama. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Yes, she would be a decent vice president. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is, is that. With her, she wasn't really very political. No, she was more of a humanitarian. Yeah, which I think is where she would should stay. No, because yeah. it's almost the same thing as like it, at that point the argument that Trump didn't mm-hmm. have any experience. Yeah, could never be used again mm-hmm. because that is the exact reason that a lot of people don't like him and don't and don't think he's done a good job because they said mm-hmm. that. And just because she was the first lady doesn't mean she has experience. No, yeah, so for I can't. Sure. I can't really say that it would be a good idea to... I mean, I don't think she'd do a bad job. Right. But to say that she has enough experience to warrant her getting that right, yeah. is... Yeah. Okay. Just a thought. And another sad story uh, in Aurora. Um, the guy that created Wayne's World died. No, I'm just kidding. No. That's what um, said. So. <laughs> there was a situation. Uh, some police officers pulled over a family in a parking lot and sort of placed them under arrest thinking that their van was a stolen vehicle when in fact the stolen vehicle or the stolen motorbike <laughs> that they were looking for was not it. I'm sorry, so they pulled a, a van over mm-hmm. thinking it was a motorbike? No, they pulled a van over thinking that the van was stolen, something that they were looking for, uh-huh. but it turns out what they were looking for wasn't actually a motorcycle, not a van. Did they know that at the time? Apparently not. Okay. And it was at least four people, and they had them all out outside of the van, facing for, face down on the ground. I'm assuming that they're a black family. You would assume correct. Okay. Well, they shouldn't have been driving their own van innocently. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? The audacity. I know. 
And that's the thing. That's the thing. We talk about, like, why is everyone getting all up in arms about this, that, and the other? It's because, for some reason, just being myself in a daily routine is warrant for a police officer to, like, pull me over and stop me and look me up and down and yeah. sass me. <laughs> that just that just that just reminds me and takes me back to once again that episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine when the when Terry has the situation mm-hmm. about, you know, he's a cop but, you know, he's quote unquote not in the right neighborhood. Yeah. And then it flashes to a point to where Jake is playing a prank on someone. And so he's crawling through their window with a hockey mask on. A cop <laughs> is seeing him do it. And he he pauses and he goes, oh, I'm just playing a prank on my buddy. And the cop was like, cool, have fun, and walks away. You know, and it's like, okay, well, makes you think. I mean. I mean, that that is a bit extreme. That's an extreme. But it's also like a testament to the actual situations that occur. Yeah. Or at least an example, uh, an, uh, uh, an exaggerated example. So, But yeah. But anyway. Well. That's all I know, dude. <laughs> this is uh, this has been a good one. I feel because we d- are doing these only once a week now. It feels like the last time we did this was so long ago. Like because used to we were doing like a couple a week, and there were yeah, times where we were like turning them out, dude. Yeah. Um, but once again, if you would please, uh, guys out there, if you're listening, please, you know, give us a review, give us a rating, um, like, sh- subscribe. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, share share this podcast with people. I. You know, we we would like to be able to, you know, continue doing it. And if uh, listenership was to drop off, then it, you know, it kind of would not be or it would be a reason, you know, to not continue. Yeah, yeah. And that would that would suck. <laughs> now that's I, what I you want. Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go screw yourself. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, like I said before, follow us on Instagram. Uh, all the good stuff and and we enjoy doing these so of course if, if mark moves out they may stop we could, no, could we, we could do them online we could remote i we can remote yeah we, we can do that it's actually not that difficult see, there so. you go i'll have to set you up with the stuff the stuff the stuff mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right guys once again thank you for listening and see you next time see you guys Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd like to mention a couple of others that you might also enjoy. One is called Did I Did I Stutter? It's myself and one of my best friends since childhood. We tell stories, do segments, and just act goofy. It's very fun and very lighthearted. The other is called Date Night at the Coffee Shop. That podcast is hosted by two of my other best friends who are married, Bart and Samantha Morton. Each episode, they choose a new interesting topic of discussion along with facts and insight, along with trying a new type of coffee each time. So once again, those podcasts are Did I Did I Stutter, which is available anywhere you get your podcasts, and Date Night at the Coffee Shop, which is also available anywhere you get your podcasts. So once again, thanks for listening.